0: Welcome to Antimatter Pod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext, and subspace. Hosted by Annika and Liz, today we're playing a fun game where we bring characters from other universes into Star Trek. Yes, it's crossover fan fiction in podcast form.
1: The irony is, I don't really enjoy podcast. Um, I-, I love podcasts. <laughs> I don't really enjoy crossover fic anymore. I used to but I do enjoy taking ideas and tropes and concepts from one context and applying it to another one and seeing what happens.
0: Yes, I think I don't see the difference between that and Crossover
1: Fake. No, I
0: think that's fair. But that's because I just see all stories and concepts as like this big giant galaxy of sameness And what's different is how I put it together.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And I think what you bring to a story is always different from what, for example, I bring to a story. And here's where I confess that this is the second time we've recorded this because four minutes in uh, my microphone dropped out and I had to interrupt a really good talk from you about originality and how stories can be retold and and that has I think the
0: stories have to be retold I think that as I've said before I don't believe that there are any original stories so this idea of there's you know oh there's too many reboots and there's too many of the same and there's, there's too many this or that or sequels or you know why why doesn't anybody make any original stories anymore that's you can make up original characters in an old story. And I think that's what all mm. of fiction is. And so it's taking how you see a story and creating something from the, the bones and, and then it's new. And the thing is that those bones can be Batman or can be Star Trek or can be something that's been around for half a century and it's still going to be new because it's the new person telling that story
1: right i'm currently reading lovecraft country i'm not up to the series yet i need i can't do horror so i need to read the book so i don't get too scared watching the tv (laughs) series but that is a series that's sort of reclaiming the work of lovecraft a notoriously racist author for an african-american context and that has a lot of value. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when people say, do you really mean that, that trope is over? Or do you just mean that, that trope is over for white people? Or even that trope is over for you. Like, no one is yeah. forcing
0: you to keep watching things that are about things you don't want to watch.
1: <laughs> so just... Right. I am very over superhero stories, so I don't consume many superhero stories anymore. And there's so much more options now
0: in every possible genre and in every like it's there's so much more so just go find what you like and don't dismiss something just because like okay so uh i haven't seen and i don't intend to see *Low cast country because i'm not a horror person in general so they'll have to really convince me but it's not because it's being retold in you know in a the lens of a black story, that doesn't mean that it's not for me because just because I'm white, like I, I can still find value yeah. and probably it's important for me to watch that kind of stuff. So like, I'm not saying only watch things that are about you or that you necessarily think are created for you, like that you're the audience that they're, they're asking for because that's a really narrow focus. You should definitely like explore outside of your box, but if you hate it, you don't have to finish watching it.
1: And if you're a great big wimp who can't stand to be scared, you don't have to see Get Out. <laughs> Now, the other thing we discussed before my microphone dropped out is it's, okay, it's still on, uh, is that you maybe went a bit overboard. I mean, that's what I always do. But so we decided (laughs) that we
0: were going to choose three concepts and I was able to whittle it down to three concepts plus three that are smaller bites. So I like, I have a, you know, pitch pitch, for my main three. Mm. And then I have also this one, se- you know, like this this
1: one sentence elevator pitch of the the <laughs> others. So, <laughs> whereas I came up with two and then I sort of sat sat staring at my bookshelves for ages and ages going, "Do I read are there characters? I don't know." <laughs> I'm pretty happy with my third choice, but it, it was really hard to remember, but yeah. Uh, in that case, if you go first and then we alternate, and then at the end, after I've done my final one, you can give your Okay, sounds round. good. So I'm
0: going to start with the one that drove me to suggest this whole idea to you in the first place, mm-hmm. which is Olivia Benson from Law and Order SVU. I knew it! <laughs> so... Basically, I've been watching Law and Order for almost as long as it's been on, which is like, I don't know, almost thirty years. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a, a long, long time. i We would watch it like during dinner with my my brothers and my and my daughters. Like they were way too young for Law and Order, but it was like our family <laughs> dinner thing that we would do. This is delayed. Yeah, so and SVU, of course, is like the even more crazy and dramatic and soap opera version of Law and Order. And it's also the only one on still. Uh, it's it's going into its twenty second season. Wow. Whenever seasons happen again. And it's actually been mm. renewed for two more after that. So it's like renewed three at once. So yeah, it's just on and on and on. And Olivia Benson, Mariska Hargitay, has been in the series since the beginning. She was in the pilot, and she's still going strong. And she's gone through a whole. She's yeah, still in she it. She's still in it. So wow, I haven't watched Law and Order in a long time. You know. So here's my my, maybe, I assume everyone's watched Law and Order, but I will very quickly <laughs> explain what it is. It is a police procedural like. you know one of the og police procedurals and Mm. hashtag problematic oh it's very problematic line order and specifically svu has been blamed for a lot and Mm. i actually want to do this research project on how svu interacts with the real world of sexual violence yeah because i think that it's brought it into, you know, literally into people's living rooms and forced them Mm. to confront it. And I think that that's actually a good thing that we talk about special victims a lot more than we did when I was a kid. And I'm not, I'm, you know, yeah. And so I, and I feel that these stories are, you know, this wildly popular mainstream network television series has been able, you know, that's, known for ripped from the headlines stories uh, mm. has been able to make that kind of impact but at the same time there's like the you know it's a double-edged sword because it also it doesn't like create victims or crimes or criminals but it does like create a a, a atmosphere like people
1: i can't explain it but it's like, no, no, I know what you mean. It creates a narrative around policing and the justice system, which is maybe not reflected right. in... Right, in reality. Reality, and... And, in, and certainly in
0: SBU and certainly Olivia herself, like, she is, she's been surrounded by other people. Like, Elliot Sabre was a horrible person and, mm. and a horrible cop, but Olivia has always been, like, she is your your advocate, and your friend, and your counselor, and, and everything all in one, yeah. but she's still a cop, so it's like, eh. <laughs> But I have been saying, and I like cosplayed as Olivia Benson in Starfleet, a, uh, I think five years nice. ago, and I've been saying you know, since then and even before then that Starfleet definitely needs an SVU. <laughs> And I get a lot of pushback, <laughs> mainly from men, who, I was who say, say, you know, we're beyond that. You know, they they don't they don't have sexual violence, and and if they did, it would just be a, it would be a special occurrence, and it, it, it we would they wouldn't need a special security person because you know, Worf could do it. And it's like, can we all for a second imagine <laughs> Worf <laughs> being your? Rafe cup. Like, I, I, ugh. like, just the, the very idea.
1: I'm laughing because I'm horrified. It's not,
0: exactly. In fact, I can't think of a single security officer in Starfleet where it would be good. Like, none of them would be good at this because it's a different skill set.
1: Right. I would probably appreciate Tuvok's dispassion, mm. but still, and he's like the closest one to OKay. And then you have episodes like um i want to say it's the enemy within in oh, yeah. the original series where evil kirk tries to rape and Janet it's her Rand fault and the people investigating <laughs> it's her fault and the people investigating are kirk's best friend friends right. Spoken and mccoy it's just it's so i i made a list because um i so mm.
0: because this i get so much pushback and i always start with go watch Violations in the next generation, and get back to me mm-hmm. with your with your argument. Um, but I can I have a, a at least one, and really it's only like I stopped at one, <laughs> but I could I could do more for each series. So yeah, the enemy within, violations, second skin in DS9, and like Corks mm-hmm. Hollow suites in general. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, Deep Space Nine needs right. its own special victims. And it's
0: not Odo, just an okay? Angry... Like, can we just say, it's not I'm... Odo, it's not Bashir. <laughs> That's
1: just... I'm basically picturing Mariska Hargitay <laughs> in one of those ugly Bajoran uniforms with a nose piece and an Good. earring.
0: That's what I want. That's what I yeah. want you to be picturing. Yeah. So yeah, retrospect in Voyager, the horrible episode that desperately Ooh, needs
1: gross. Olivia Benson. It desperately needs putting in the bin.
0: Fusion in Enterprise. And like, I also, I went out of my way here to choose ones that are not specifically sexual violence, but are a form of violence to your... Personhood. Person and identity, yeah.
1: Yeah. Discovery,
0: like, the entire Ash Tyler subplot.
1: (laughs) I, you know, like,
0: Stamets needs to talk to Olivia, uh, Hugh needs to talk to Olivia when he comes back. And Ash needs to talk to Olivia, and Michael needs to talk to Olivia, like all of them. They all need this. And then in in Picard, it's like literally a a subflot with Soji and Narek, and Deanna is pretty good at being the Olivia. And so like, good job Deanna, but I have said before that Picard, that one episode of Picard is when they finally figured out how to write Deanna Troy correctly.
1: yeah yeah it only took 30 years
0: <laughs> so that's my my pitch is that starfleet desperately needs a special victims unit and olivia benson is like the face of the special victims unit so you might as well just take her
1: yeah yeah i i think mariska Hagate would be welcomed into the trek family with open arms so who's yours i i kind of I kind of steered away from cop stories, like I was tempted by Brooklyn 99 because really? I love it. But I, you know, they are kind of controversial right now, and it's not really something I've thought about enough to discuss in any meaningful way. And also, I figured there was a very, very strong chance you were going to bring up Law and Order. So my first, my first suggestion is Harder, uh, specifically the second season of the Amazon Prime adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, not so much Hannah's character herself as the concept of basically a CIA red room where a, a cohort of genetically engineered teenage girl assassins are brainwashed. <laughs> Definitely sounds like it could be a Star Trek story. <laughs> I would like to give this cohort of teenage girl assassins to the Tal Shi'ar mm. because. As we've discussed, the Tal Shiar are a very feminine uh, intelligence mm-hmm. force, more so than Section 31 and all of that. And I think it would be really interesting in the, concept, in the context of Picard to have this group of young Romulan women who have been raised and brainwashed to serve a Romulan state which barely even exists anymore. And... You could have Laris as the Marissa character, the former agent who knew about this and wants to make amends, and Rafi going, oh, my God, I thought that was just a conspiracy theory. I never believed it for How a How are you making Laris better? Uh, it's hard, I have to admit. But then you have Elnor going, a whole school full of teenage girls? Girls my age? I don't think Elnor is straight, but that doesn't mean he's not interested in girls. So... That's, it's not like the Romulans need another all-female group of really cool people, but I'm just going to give them another one. I uh... think the Romulans are definitely the ones who
0: would genetically alter children to turn them into assassins. Like, right. That is 100% a Romulan plot.
1: Right. And it even ties in with the whole my enemy, my ally thing and stealing Vulcan te- telepathic exactly. genes and, and all of that. I feel like... This is not necessarily a story that Picard, the show, would do, but it is a story that I would do as fic for Picard. Right. Or a tie-in novel. Call me, Pocket <laughs> Books. I'm, I'm available. I never go anywhere. A
0: short
1: trek? Oh, no, it has to be much bigger <laughs> okay. than a short trek. But he could be introduced in a short trek. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, the comedic value of putting Picard <laughs> in charge of a bunch of young people uh soji would bond with them as someone who was also raised to be someone that she's actually Mm. not and you know she's quite familiar with romulan society at least one of them would break away and ally herself with Narek. good (laughs) yes Yes. Cause like I really liked season two of Hana and I particularly liked what it did with her character but ultimately what I was more interested in was this group of girls who are like her but raised differently yes. and who end up having their own stories and they're like they're marched into this school and given folders and told this is your identity now and some of them really embrace it and some of them are more sceptical and I just want this full range of, of teenage girl personalities in yes. Star Trek and also they're assassins. Yes,
0: yes, mm. yes, I am. I mean, obviously, I am <laughs> completely behind this idea. That is my catnip. <laughs> I, I am ready for it. I will co-write it with you. <laughs> We're, let's go. We're super, yes. super, super yes. ready. I love it.
1: Season two of Star Trek Picard, now showrun by two podcasters. <laughs> and it's about teen girl assassins.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't see, think this is a bad idea, I'm just putting I it out there. I see the breadcrumbs in the first season for this. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know about you. Yeah, I see it, it fits weirdly well. You know, this can bring in our Worf cameo, because we know how he feels about Romulans, and our Esri cameo uh, as a command officer with a background in therapy, because all these girls need therapy mm. so much. That's a uh, a theme. <laughs> seven can call in tuvok as her best vulcan friend who has experience with pointy and teenagers. parenting and parenting right and also i just think tuvok and eleanor would be the most amazing i would love tuvok and eleanor i mean i would love more tuvok in any way mm. but yeah in any, in any context,
0: context. But, but dad tuvok i would really mm. love to see
1: and also, like, La Serena, just badly needs an adult, and it's not going to be Picard. <laughs> not going to be any of those Picard's people. Picard's cool grandpa at this point. None of those people are going to be the adult. Right, right. <laughs> Whereas Tuvok is the adult in any situation.
0: <laughs> That's why he's so lovable. I love him. Okay. So, my yes. second one is another Olivia. It's Olivia Pope from Scandal. Oh, Yes. because so. So, Scandal is a political drama by Shonda Rhimes, which started out yes. sort of as a procedural about a fixer character, Olivia Pope, who has her own little group of misfits that she's collected over the years, and she has, they, they are hired by people who have a problem and and need someone to mm. solve it for them so specifically a political problem. yes you see, it's it's mostly like again at the beginning it was was just all sorts of things but it became because olivia pope was secretly sleeping with the president <laughs> it became it about politics way more and then it changed into like a it changed it, it became a spy drama about Crazy secret. It's like you know how there are the secret, secret Romulans. Well, these were like the secret, secret CIA. And oh, I love the secret, yes. secret CIA. So, so it, it's it changed and it became much more political and much more insane. Like her parents were were fighting over which secret, secret CIA group that she was going to join, and it was it was insane.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> I did not realize that Scandal was an it, alias sequel. Yes,
0: <laughs> but. Olivia Pope, who is the central figure, played by Kerry Washington, is is a really great character. Like, even when they do absolutely ridiculous, horrible things to everyone in the cast, but especially Olivia, because she's the star, you know, at her core, she's still this great, I, you know, there is no problem she can't solve, and she is not going to stop until it's solved, and... Some of the problems are like horrible. It's like, oops, I killed somebody in my kitchen. <laughs> and, you know? Hey, who hasn't had that problem? And affairs and kidnappings, everything. You know, it's all any possible crime, they would come in and fix it because they their morals are only mm. like making the world better. <laughs> Maybe murdering right. this guy makes the world better and so it's okay, you know? So the ends justify the means. Um, so, like, that might be a little over the top for Star Trek. <laughs> maybe she, maybe she just could be a little. the Section 31 uh, show with, with Emperor George Zhao, maybe.
1: <laughs> but! Well, it just occurred to me, as you said this, that there would have to be crossover between Section 31 and the Star Trek political drama of mm-hmm. our dreams. Definitely. That's...
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But... Olivia, again, like, the the core of Olivia as a a problem solver I think would be super helpful to the entire Starfleet Admiralty. (laughs) 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 Because they are constantly doing things that they should not be doing and then they have to get right you know the rest of the federation back on their side like oops we 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 almost started a war with these guys and so they need someone working behind the scenes Hmm. to to make you know the the whole we are starfleet dream keep going you know someone who is going to fight for we are starfleet no matter what the definition is because starfleet matters and so, my headcanon is that Olivia Pope already works for Starfleet, and everything, you know, why people are never coming after and saying, hey, remember when you like totally tried to kill my planet? Like, that never happens because Olivia yeah, Pope yeah. totally went and fixed it for them.
1: Right. There's no record yeah. of that time Cat Cornwell maybe gave an order to destroy Kronos because Olivia Pope <laughs> is right. there taking so, care of know, it. So, you know,
0: that happened to yeah. somebody else. And also, uh, Captain Picard could totally use her help after Wolf 359. And since that never comes up again, <laughs> I
1: think that she was
0: down right, in the Right, no there. one is
1: angry at him, except Cisco. I also think... Sisko is not on Olivia's mailing list. That whole thing where Odo committed yeah. war crimes and, and no, no one, one yeah, notices, that's, that's, that's Olivia. Olivia.
0: Likewise, Quark. She, exactly. She goes in and she makes it a positive, you know, yeah. Okay. That might have been a war crime, but he was doing it for the right reasons. You know, Odo. Odo yeah. would never do anything for the wrong reasons. Odo is such a a moral. You know, he's the he's the moral compass of the station. Sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I I'm just saying. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. People see things that they're told. I think it's the guys on The Greatest Generation who said hashtag defund Odo, and uh, I really feel that. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my idea. (laughs) I'm totally into it. Also, this makes me feel like maybe I should watch Scandal. I mean... Again, I have time! It is
0: definitely, like, you have to go in understanding that it starts out sort of normal and then becomes batshit crazy like really quickly but it sneaks up on you at the same time it's it really and and yeah and also no one is Yeah, It's a heartened reality. Like it started out as you know what if moral people did something immoral you know like everybody Mm. has the everybody has the potential to be immoral is like was their original tagline but their final tagline was everybody is immoral. (laughs) Mm. Like that's that's
1: it's switched into this,
0: this other thing so
1: but it's definitely entertaining. My second mashup is basically as we've discussed I am not a big animated comedy fan. I've watched The Simpsons, I've watched Futurama, I've watched Archer, I like them all, I've had a good laugh at them all but for me the genre really reached its peak and achieved a state of perfection with Daria Nice. so my mashup is Daria on the USS Ceritos, cause she's completely disaffected and alienated but in a completely different way to Ensign <laughs> Mariner and I think that would be a conflict that I would mm. enjoy and then you have Daria's friend Jodie who would like to be as cynical and apathetic as daria but she's sort of trapped in this position of being an overachiever and she's black so she doesn't have the luxury of acting out the way daria Mm -hmm. does and her parents actually have expectations for her which daria's don't really (laughs) and so i think for for jody meeting Mariner would be really freeing
0: that's sweet
1: yeah like Uh, i'm picturing like some sort of 24th century high school exchange program and they're like well we can't send these kids to the Enterprise because they'll probably get killed or assimilated <laughs> or something and I know there are already children on the Enterprise but I try not to think about it I think True Q in season 6 of Next Gen was literally about like a high school or early university yes, yes. exchange onto yeah, the she ship was like an intern. but my point is yeah But for me, this is so much funnier if they end up on the shitty second string starship with, (laughs) you know. And I think Captain Freeman is as much given to lip service and slight hypocrisy as the adults Mm. in Daria's universe. I can see that. And this actually makes me sad because I love Captain Freeman and I want her to be a really great captain, but I don't know if she... I think she's Admiral material. <laughs> in the nicest possible way.
0: <laughs> they gotta promote her out of the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, think, I think Daria and Jody would have a lot of fun on the Cerritos. I don't think they'd go in wanting or expecting to have fun. And of course Boimler is put in charge of, course, of looking after the of teenagers. Course. And, of course, Mariner takes it upon herself to fix his mistakes. <laughs> to give them a proper orientation. Right, the way she did with Tendi. Aww. And Daria would not care for Tendi because Tendi probably reminds her a lot of her sister Quinn. But Tendi has a lot more substance. So I think they, they would get on and Daria would learn an important lesson about making snap judgments. Yeah. Again. Again. I mean, the whole series is basically Daria learning to be less hard on others and especially less hard on herself. Yes. I realized, and... like, I I rewatched the first few episodes and I was like, adulthood is watching the first episode of Daria and realizing she really does have low self-esteem. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it's funny because my brother was a super fan of Daria when it was first on and he introduced it to my daughter when she was in high school. <laughs> and mm. I sort of was around when it was on and I've, I've seen a few episodes all the way through and, and like, like a, a lot, maybe like 20. But yeah. I, ha- I wasn't like going out of my way to watch it. I was more watching them watch it and everything you just said, like it makes perfect sense for why both my brother and my daughter who are very dissimilar in terms of personality Mm. Um, except for their sort of introversion but like in very very different ways really both related to Daria a lot and I think that's I, I, I think that that dynamic would be really good on the C-Rudos, Uh because it's like so manic over there. Um, and I yeah! Think
1: that, they need some chill 90s teenagers yeah. to stare at them apathetically. Like that would be
0: a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that Mariner should give the kids margaritas, but I'm not gonna like <laughs> Daria's a clever girl, she'll, she'll say no. <laughs> I mean, she would, because the idea of getting drunk and embarrassing herself right. would be exactly. anathema to her. Just like my both my brother yeah. and my daughter. And me when I was a teenager. It
0: completely makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's All your right. third? So, funnily, it's kind of similar to that in, in ways, mm. although also wildly different. So I definitely have to really explain this one, because I'm guessing that okay. not a lot of our audience have seen it, but it's called Beastars. And it's yeah. an anime, it's on Netflix, the first season is on Netflix and um, has been, you know, a dub and everything. It's uh, so it's basically, it's basically if, if Zootopia was TNG, then Beastars is like DS9 or Picard,
1: you know? It's like oh, the- the dark yeah, and gritty Zootopia. The dark and gritty Zootopia.
0: It is, it is like a, a high school show, though.
1: That's our, that's our episode title, <laughs> by the way. <laughs>
0: um, it's, uh, it's centered on a secondary school, uh, so they're all, like, 16, 17, 18 age group. And mm. they are anthropomorphic animals uh, who all live and yes. work and study together, even though some of them are predators and some of them are prey. And... Yes. And it's really funny because, like, you know, there's, like, a ladybug and and an elephant who are, like, in class together, you know? It's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. it takes itself very, very seriously. And the main plot is a love triangle between a shy wolf, who's um, the one that I would definitely bring over, a self-assured rabbit, and then a pretentious deer. Mm. And so how I've described this to people who have never heard of such a thing I say it's like Zootopia if the main characters were Jenny Humphrey Ben Solo and Draco Malfoy oh no I'm sold I just think and it's it's really weird it's really a strange because it's it's both like a mystery it's a high school show it's you know, about these different populations and how they interact and how, you know, one is required to be, you know, held under the other and how they have to fight against this and all of the different racial stereotypes, like, there's a lot of, like, really, and like Zootopia has that too, where it's sort of like this really weird, they're trying to put in all of this stuff into this, like, you know, happy bunny movie. But Beastars is like they're putting all that stuff into this somewhat disturbing bunny show (laughs) like (laughs) it's 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 got horror elements it's like there's so much going on but at the end of the day it's a romance so it's like it's not for everybody but I do think that everybody should give it a try even if you only watch the opening Song like that's a bop. It's really good. <laughs> like everybody should watch just watch the opening and then decide if they want to <laughs> watch the actual show. But maybe I will. I, maybe I will. I think that you know, Caesians shouldn't be the only Earth animal aliens out there in the start in the mm. Star Trek universe. And the series is very centered on you know ideas of identity and agency so yeah I like what I love about this idea is that the I could transplant this group of characters into deep space nine or into lower decks and it would work for either of them (laughs) and I think that that is like a really exciting idea I (laughs) agree so I would just really, like, I would also do a, like, high school exchange, you know, from this planet of animal people <laughs> who get to, you know, the, the best and brightest, they they take the that group up into space, and they either get to go to a space station or onto the ship, and in both cases, it's sort of, like, not the premier spot, but it is bigger and more, like, more of a thing than their own planet, you know, like, they're, and so they would be excited about it, and, uh, Legoshi, the wolf, who's the Ben Solo character, and I love him, Hmm. uh, it would just be, like, he's, it would be super fun for, like, Legoshi and Beckett to meet, (laughs) and for her to try to, like, get under his skin the way she does under, like, Boiler and, and everybody and he would not know what to do and it would just be so much fun to, to see that. Uh, but so, like, I just think I just want to I I let, one of the things I like especially about Lower Decks and the idea of animation is that you can have a wolf character and
1: it wouldn't look silly. It would fit in. Yeah, yeah. Like, Episode one had pig people in overall. right? Exactly,
0: and that like, so and 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 you contrast that to like Journey of Babel, and it's like, eh, <laughs> that's a guy with a pig nose. <laughs> like, it just doesn't look right. Even in Discovery, the Tellerites no. still look a little like, eh. and so I I th- so I think that it would work on the animation front better. But I would also like I just think it would be. You know, these characters, even with, like, Jake Sisko, like, in class, in Keiko's class,
1: like, it would do so good. I would just love to see that. Can I just say, in defense of the Tellarites, I think we would accept their stupid makeup a lot more easily if we saw more of mm. them. Like, I think the Discovery makeup is fine, but we just haven't gotten used to it because we never see much of the Tellarites. So, I can see that. So, bring in our recurring Tellarite character. I can see that. And
0: it, that also is, like, your acquired... Mm almost to pay more attention to how they look if you're if you have a main character yeah, like yeah. you're gonna make him look better
1: like Babylon 5 has the guy with a really stupid vertical <laughs> hair and if you watch enough you just stop noticing because that's just Londo and his mm. stupid hair I think we just need oh yeah that's Tellarite character and their stupid pig nose my third this was hard <laughs> I, I like the first two were pretty easy to come up with and then I was sitting in my study looking at all my books and going I don't know any other characters (laughs) or universes and ironically what I came up with was really in the end sort of retrospectively obvious I have chosen Miles Volkosigan of the Volkossigan saga by Lois Mm -hmm. McMaster Bujold and the reason that it's sort of retrospectively obvious is that I first picked up this series when i was 16 and i was looking at barrier in the library going hmm a novel about a red-haired space captain who marries her former <laughs> enemy i think i could get into that hmm. and i did a- and i wrote a really really terrible voyager fic that has never seen the light of day thank god but that plagiarized very liberally from bujold and i let's move on uh Anyway, that that space captain's son is Miles Vorkosigan, and he is a tactical genius, and also because of an assassination attempt against his parents before he was born, a little person, uh, uh, about four foot something tall with very brittle bones. And did I mention that he's a tactical mm. genius? Of course. <laughs> and, and he was he was the inspiration for Tyrion Lannister, but has never once killed one of his girlfriends. That's good. Uh, yeah yeah that there's a whole thing in one of the later books where the character who eventually marries him realizes that every single woman he's slept with has moved on to a better position in life than when she started out and anyway i would like to see miles or a character like him in star trek because star trek has a pretty sketchy history of depicting little people as just kind of yeah circus yeah. freaks in the background okay. and, and no and it was one thing in the 60s because it's the 60s and then in the 90s with the Thor on Voyager which is an episode I really mm. love but again and then in Picard in the episode on Bejazel's bar yeah, and that's whatnot just... yeah it's 2020 it was 2019 guys come on uh so yeah, I think it would be cool to see a little person as a commander and a hero in his own right. And also to have a character who cannot easily be an action hero. He is disabled, he has brittle bones, and over the course of the books his bones are progressively replaced with, with plastic. But his superpower is how smart he is. And also his greatest weakness is how smart he is. I
0: like it. I think that would be amazing. I think you're right that we desperately need better representation in some areas. And it would be like there's no reason for that not to happen. So, let's make right. it happen, you know? Like
1: it just seems and and we can anytime a discussion of disability rep in Star Trek comes up, some fans are like Oh, but they would have fixed that in, in, in the womb. Ugh. And one, Ugh. hello, Geordie LaForge. We, we know that the Star Trek universe has a mate, like the humans and the Federation have a major taboo against genetic manipulation. And two, you're kind of getting into a bit of a eugenesis territory. Yeah, but there. It's just,
0: how can you say it? You know, and I, I have had this discussion about bipolar disorder yeah that, you know they're like we should you know shouldn't we eradicate it you know and it's sort of like well we have medication to manage it so mm. why should we eradicate it like that just it just seems like you're you're taking it to this weird you know as a like maybe from an outsider's perspective and i'm not bipolar but i have relatives you know it, it's something that is more harmful than good and so if you can get rid of that why shouldn't you right but like okay how what about nearsightedness what about blindness what about a uh, amputees like it's like eventually you're yeah. talking about these very real people who are just different and They don't need to be fixed. Like managing is different from deleting them. You know, it's like it's just. I just, yeah, like way too eugenics for me. (laughs) Like just any any of that is just too much of a slippery slope. And, and,
1: And. You know the the disabled community is not a monolith on this and like i have rheumatoid arthritis and if you could wave a thing at me and it would go away i would be delighted yeah. whereas a deaf or hard of hearing person they could be like that's this is my culture you know my first language is sign and you're not taking that away and it, from it should me. also be their decision and like it shouldn't be their parents yeah it definitely yeah. shouldn't be societies yes. like <laughs> that's just so yeah like, Geordie is well into adulthood before he chooses to give up his visor in favor of a more intrusive but less painful yeah. prosthetic. And that's a decision he's entitled right. to make. Exactly, And he made it... We don't know why he switched to artificial eyes, but we know that he made that decision for a good reason and after many years of consideration. So yeah, I'm super against
0: anything that's about, oh well, they, you know, they, they wouldn't have that anymore like yeah yeah just, just stop just stop don't like nope <laughs> go back and think about it <laughs> because you shouldn't be going there <laughs> exactly what
1: please give me your all right speed round. so
0: the first one i almost was my third one just because it's a third olivia but like I I really wanted to get these stars in there and this is sort of also a cop show and I didn't want two cop shows like Um, so um but this is Liv Moore from iZombie oh nice who so she is a medical examiner and I do think that you know a Starfleet CSI kind of thing would be cool like if there was a Ooh. group of people who, like, had their own little, like, defiant-type ship who would go from ship to ship and station to station and planet to planet to be Starfleet mm. CSI, like, I think that could be a fun Lars could be a main character. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, that could... That has some legs as an idea. And Liv is so fun because... So she is a zombie and... Could yeah. happen to anyone. And, you know, It was, it was a, she was at a party and she, and she got turned into a zombie. And so she was a doctor and she took a job as a medical examiner so that she would have access to already dead brains <laughs> so that she didn't have Ooh. to eat. She's an
1: ethical zombie.
0: Yes, she's an ethical zombie. But it turns out that when she eats their brain, she starts like having visions of that person's life and death. And so she became really good at solving their murders so that's what the show is about and I think that would be a really like it's so fantastic and and sci-fi and like not human like the whole concept and they, yeah
1: like like change her from a zombie to a sentient right humanoid whose species is right. brains and there's a stigma around that, and so yeah, and so she
0: would be yeah. on on my little uh, specialized Starfleet group that would go and show up in all the shows. You know why not? Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Second, and this is entirely because I participate in a fan fiction challenge called the Star Wars Rare Pairs Challenge. Every year, it's great. Yes, a rare pair is anything that's under a thousand fix. On AO3 or fanfic.net?
1: And- so, not Han Leia, not Raylo, not Fear, Exactly. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, Star Wars is huge, and so, you know, <laughs> even like Han Luke is probably not, like, I don't know. But I think anything is- that's had ship wars <clears throat> since the
1: 70s is probably too yeah. big.
0: Exactly, so I um, basically made up the <laughs> the pairing of Harrison Dula, my favorite character in Star Wars Rebels, and Cassian Andor, my favorite character in Rogue One. Oh my god, I because love I just it. thought that they would have a great vibe, and yeah. it could be like before Kanan, so it would be okay. Okay, this is just after um, spoilers for Rebels, or exactly, after or after, yeah yeah but although Cassian does too but not in Headway. the AU that eventually I will write yeah but anyway um, so someone wrote this pairing for me and because I have on my like I link to these are my guidelines for writing fic for me and I say crossover fic is great I love it and here are all the fandoms I'm in they wrote me Hera and Cassian on a mission to Deep Space Nine <gasps> to recruit rebels <laughs> and I was like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me I'm sorry it was I'm just so amazing
1: <laughs> picturing Major Kira torn between her duty to Bajor and her desire to go and kick the empire in the face <laughs> so it was like just this
0: one little thick right yeah. uh, like, it's like 1500 words or whatever but I have k- extrapolated in my brain an entire universe of how wonderful that is. So there should be more of that in the world. And finally, this one is very simple. Yes. But it's kind of like Daria. (laughs) Yeah. So I would choose Bella Swan from Twilight. Yeah. And the reason I would choose this is because it would annoy the most people possible.
1: For that alone, I love it. (laughs) For that alone.
0: (laughs) So... I think that if you actually pay attention to Bellaswan, not like the Bella Swan that people talk about, yes, but the actual character of Bellaswan, she has a point of view. She has ideas. She ha- makes choices. She is very much a teenage girl. Yes, she's very focused on her relationships and that's not a horrible thing to have in fiction so like i'm constantly defending twilight it's horribly yes. written it has some very bad ideas about things uh but mostly about like relationships between men and women not about vampires sparkling vampires are great
1: yeah that that, and, that is not one of the and werewolves that twilight. don't
0: need the moon also great like mm. all that stuff is cool i like her her world building but but like that character of like the most hated teenage girl and putting her like you said and one of yours putting more teen girls yeah, into yeah. star trek i'm all over and and i think that like it would just be fun to have that character be poking at all of our established starfleet characters i agree which some of them would take her under their wing, and others would be like, "I'm gonna do anything possible to not have to deal with this," and that's fun and interesting. And it would be a lot like the the audience as well, like so, people like me would be like, "Awesome! I can't wait to write fanfic mm-hmm. about this character that everyone hates." and and other people would just be like, I'm not going to watch that episode.
1: So I would like to see Soji and Bella because I think that they have made similar romantic mistakes. And if we're talking Twilight era Bella, then maybe Soji can save her from making new mistakes. Even,
0: even worse mistakes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did not think very highly of the writing in Twilight. But shock. I really enjoyed the first movie for a bunch of reasons, like Catherine Hardwick's direction was so good and it had this wonderful Mm. off-kilter sensibility to
0: it. I am still salty about them taking it away from her.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And not a female director being taken off the job, but with The Hunger Games, the first movie was so much more visually interesting than Mm. the rest. Anyway, uh, I really liked Kristen Stewart's performance as Bella because absolutely like people like oh she never changes her facial expression she's just so subtle and she gave us a Bella who was always thinking and it's really hard to play an introvert and yeah I like Case Dew. I would be happy to have Case Dew in my Trek right Hmm.
0: everybody wants Case Dew in Star
1: Trek right come on yeah just imagine it imagine it it's
0: great it's great and and Robert Pattinson too (laughs) <laughs> that would make so many
1: people so mad. But he's such a—that's sh- I do anything. So yeah. he's such a shabby, shambolic sort of figure that he would fit so badly into the Star Trek universe. And for that alone, I would enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I can see him with Rios. Yes, I can see it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to throw in one last-minute suggestion: Hannibal, as in Hannibal yes. Lecter, played by Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Yes, Mostly because we have a shortage of mental health professionals in this universe (laughs) and so we need all the help we can get. But also I just really like the mental image of a character as down to earth and practical as Kat listening to one of Hannibal's monologues over a nice (laughs) dinner and going, you are full of shit. (laughs) And then she gets murdered, but you know. You take these risks when you hire Hannibal Lecter.
0: <laughs> I definitely want Hannibal Lecter to be like, oops, you know, sorry, please. <laughs> sorry, everybody. We didn't know he was a cannibal when we hired him.
1: <laughs> In our defense, we've had worse <laughs> admirals.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Honestly, like, there are plenty of people he wouldn't eat that would be interesting enough. Yeah. That he, that he would, you know, want to continue helping them, uh, you know, and for a, a certain amount of time before he got bored and ate them. Yeah, like,
1: like Picard or Cisco. Uh
0: would be great.
1: Maybe even Kai Win. I feel like Ducart would be served <laughs> up pretty soon into their acquaintance. What do you think Cardassian tastes like?
0: <laughs> like, just the, the idea of of serving like serving to cut at a dinner party uh-huh.
1: i've had crocodile <laughs> and it was a lot like I mean, chicken and so i think that's what what cardassian tastes like
0: this is a brilliant idea and you know more more cannibals in star trek yay
1: please thank you for listening to anti you can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com, including links to our social media and credits for our theme music You can also follow us on Twitter at at AntimatterPod, and you can find us on Facebook by searching for AntimatterPod. If you like us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts. Just click the little leave a rating and please click five stars. The more reviews and ratings, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. Join us in two weeks when we'll be doing a mid-season check-in on Star Trek Lower Decks. Yay!